BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. It's your host, Olivia Perez. I'm a journalist, interviewer, and the creator of Friend of a Friend a show where we sit down with some of my friends, your friends, and new friends to host inspiring but down-to-earth conversations with some of my favorite luminaries who are making good change. So guess who's back on today's episode? It's our beloved co-host, Joe Holder. I am so excited that he's back. It's been two months and two months way too long. For those of you who are new to meeting Joe, Joe is the founder of the Ocho System, a Nike master trainer, co-founder of System of Service, and also my best friend. If you guys haven't gotten to know him yet, he was a series regular last year. So if you haven't caught those episodes, there's some really great ones to listen to. But today we're celebrating a really special milestone for Joe, the release of his masterclass, which released last Thursday. In this episode, Joe and I talk all about how this partnership came to be, what it was like filming the series, and the message he hopes to share with this large audience. We also catch up and share some new updates and reflect on our goals for 2021. I hope you guys love having Joe back. If you haven't subscribed to the show and you find yourself coming back every week and listening, take the time to subscribe. And if you love the show, share it with a friend. I love seeing when you guys are listening. So take a screenshot. And when you do, tag me on Instagram. I'm at Liv Perez with two Vs. And I always reshare as you guys are listening. I appreciate you all for tuning in today. Thank you so much. And here's our friend, Joe Holder. Welcome back to the show. I'm so excited to have you back. We've definitely missed you. It's been like two months since you've been on and we have a new year. We're still in a mess, but happy to have you back. <laughs> Always a pleasure to be here, young Liv. Um, how are you? Tell us where you're phoning in from. Uh, I'm okay. I'm, I'm currently in New York. Just got back from the Cayman Islands. So I'm chilling, unfortunately, in a way that is not good. There's a blizzard outside, but you know, gotta love it don't hate me for saying it, but I have been watching all of like the stories and like the people running in snow day. And I, I'm jealous. I mean, I guess, I mean, I, I guess if you like snow, but it's just very inconveniencing for you. I mean, I was supposed to move into an apartment. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to bitch about inconveniences with the whole world's inconvenience. Okay. So you're here today because you have some very big news that we're all really, 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 especially me excited about. Tell us about, tell us about the big reveal. I mean, when this class drops or when this podcast drops, the class will probably already be out. But yeah, I filmed a yeah. masterclass, uh, the first in a fitness and wellness offering that masterclass has. Uh, they're going to be doing some exciting things in that space that have a lot to do, uh, a lot more to do than just physical health, which is super exciting. But, um, you know, it, it was a, a pretty good honor to be the first one 
into open net um, kind of silo. And, you know, I'm just kind of the Johnny Appleseed this game, you know, fruits of labor will be, will be thanked for after I'm gone type of shit. So it's very, uh, it's exciting to work in that regard. So when you were on the show last year, you were getting a ton of messages about like why you had been in Iceland and like what was going on. And so I'm excited today to talk about it because that's where you were and you were filming the masterclass. Uh, yep. Tell us how this partnership came together. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's the same way most of my things come together is through email or DMs. So it was a cold email that they sent. I, I didn't thought you were about to tell real. me this was a DM slide and I was about to be like, what? <laughs> I mean, I've gotten a lot of work through DM slides. So totally. <laughs> yeah, that's why you, you always got to be aware of your online presence, I suppose. But yeah, they sent me a cold email. I didn't really think it was real. You know, got on call with them and you know, within a week, a, a contract was signed. Um, this was probably last February, maybe, before things got crazy. And the impact that COVID has had on this project, as well as everything else, uh, was profound. But yeah, it came together very quickly. It was a, it's ended up being a lot more work than I thought it would be. Has definitely led to other opportunities as well in terms of social impact that we're that we're working on. So exciting to see that, you know, this is a little bit of a partnership, not just a one-off class, but it's also pretty exciting at, you know, my relative, I guess, young age and still in a new industry to be able to have been to be able to do a master class, let alone be the first one in their fitness and wellness offerings. So cool. Honestly, so cool. I'm a huge master class fan. Like I watched them. I just watched the dog training one. Um so <laughs> got a I dog. was so <laughs> dead. He's he's a menace. But yeah, it was like, it's just so fun to see you on there. And I'm super, super proud of you. But the coolest thing, well, not the coolest thing, but something that I loved seeing on there was the set. The set was wild. Yeah, the set was crazy. It didn't even really do it. I mean, I guess it did actually fully do it justice compared to others. But yeah, I mean, you know, we worked together collaboratively on the set design, went through a few uh, revisions and feedback. I mean, at first it was a little too brutalist and kind of dark. It was a little too industrial. And, you know, mine kind of thought process is a little bit more uh, biophilic design. So you kind of see the plants and things in there. But also it was a little bit of thought process about like just, uh, I wanted it to be less of a set and more so like, you know, my brain, like the three main areas in which my brain works, which is typically in a gym or fitness or movement setting, typically has to do with food. And that typically has to do with just kind of pondering so creating a situation that was very warming and inviting but could easily easily be morphed into something that is a bit different was kind of a, was kind of the goal so but yeah the set was wild i mean it was crazy how quickly they're able to build a set it's like set design is always fascinating to me seeing that uh, but especially for something that was my own uh, i was pretty cool so interesting to hear you say that it was like the first iteration of it was really brutalist because now that i'm thinking of maybe different workout videos or like advertisements that I see it's all like I don't want to use masculine as the word but it is very intense like it's all like gray and slate and like really like kind of crazy looking dumbbells it looks really intimidating and that was I think the first thing that like caught my eye when I watched it was like how much detail went into like having like even just like greenery in there and like open windows and like something that feels really inviting I actually wanted to work out which is (laughs) as we all know insane but you got to start. But at the end of the day, the class was, and this is a thing, was bigger than bigger than working out. It's about uh, just creating a wellness structure that works for you. I mean, the workouts are the easy part. At the end of the day, especially if we're a little bit younger, 
you kind of get up and move, but it's definitely for all ages. As we age, workouts become actually exceedingly more important, both for, you know, brain and body health. But yeah, you hit it on the head. Like everything's so stereotyped, right? It's either like some super bright yoga studio or it's some like super dark and intense kind of gym. I mean, I think the situation has changed where uh, people just want to work out in an environment that seems kind of relaxed and it's okay for your workouts to be relaxed because they actually relatively should be. Even if you're working hard, you shouldn't be, you know, the environment shouldn't be bearing down heavy on you. But nah, the set was uh, super important for for creating it. But it was, uh, I mean, Iceland was crazy because everything had to be shot within a, within a small time frame. And the COVID regulations there are also intense. So I got a work permit to go over there and it came all together. We'll be right back after a quick break. So who took their ritual vitamins this morning? As you guys know, I am obsessed with ritual, the clean, vegan friendly multivitamin that's formulated with high quality nutrients in bioavailable forms your body can actually use. Ritual is the multivitamin reimagined. It contains nutrients that help fill gaps in your diet. No shady extras. I'm a new puppy mom and my schedule has been so out of sorts. I'm not sleeping right. I'm definitely not eating right. But my routine starts every day with my ritual vitamin where I know I'm getting that extra boost for my body. And ritual makes healthy habits really easy. Your multivitamins are delivered to your door every month with free shipping always. You can start, snooze, or cancel your subscription at any time. And if you don't love ritual within your first month, they'll refund your first order. Get key nutrients without all the BS. Ritual's offering you guys 10% off during your first three months. Visit ritual.com backslash friend to start your ritual today. I think what was most interesting to me about this whole process, especially as your friend and hearing you plan it out was, as you were saying, how much work went into it. If someone told me like, oh, create a masterclass, I don't even know where I'd begin with like creating the almost like lessons or divisions that I want to share. And I know you put a ton of work into that. So I'd love to hear what like what your mindset was going into it about the planning of it all. Yeah, I mean, at first, big love to the masterclass team, man. You need a team for anything. And that's what I'm seeing as I get older and the people I've been able to work with, whether it's on my projects or working on other people's projects as part of kind of the skeleton team. People don't realize how much you need others to get stuff done, even even if there's a front leading face to it. So with it, a lot of it, I mean, masterclass works very fast, but then also oddly very slow. It, I guess that's with anything uh, in life. But basically, you know, we worked together to determine what we thought the class should be about. You know, they did some background research into thinking what their students would like. And then coming back to me with that information and distilling down certain things that I've previously talked about that they thought would be interesting. So that's, it's very, it's very much so like I'm a creative director. Like after you come back to me with an idea, then I, create a rubric or things that I think should be included and shouldn't be included. Uh, finding the archival footage after the class was made is actually one of the hardest things, hardest things to do in addition to the workbook. The process is crazy because you have to create a situation in which it's what you want to talk about. It's a little bit about you, but this is the first time where it's really been a practical component where I said, I don't really care. Like I could tell my story, which is all fine, but at the end of the day, like people need to move, people need to work out all these things. And like, funny enough, one of the first times, I guess, I kind of butted heads with the masterclass team was simply when we talked about it. I was like, there has to be workouts in this. And at first, they were like, uh, you know, da, 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 not sure. I'm like, that's like making a class about telling somebody how to ride a bike. And then you actually don't give them a bike. You just, you know, whatever, explain the physics behind riding a bike, which is just something very experiential, I think, about physical uh, health and, and wellness in general. But 
I mean, it was a process, but it's also important for me because I think, as you could probably attest to, I have the bad habit of keeping everything in my head. And it's often sometimes a headache of being able to then distill it down into a form that makes sense for everybody else. But that's the way that I need to work kind of moving forward if I want to do what it is that I need to do. So I kind of view this masterclass as also an example of like just me taking the next step in my maturation. And it's like making a fashion collective, really. It's like, like you, you have a season coming up, you have a deadline, you, ha- you, can't, you don't need it to be perfect, but you need it to be done. And then you need, hopefully, the audience to respond in a good way. And it was nice to see how the audience responded in first initial testing because the things that I said needed to be included or should be emphasized, that's actually what they like. It's a process and hopefully a first step in just making my information more accessible so people could use it. And, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not going to necessarily call myself a trailblazer, but what I want to do in the industry isn't being done. And what I want to do in my life is just on different terms. So I think the masterclass is kind of a little bit of a great example of how both those things can be done. And it's just necessary for me to, to put in that necessary work to create something that is beneficial. I would say being the first person in the wellness space to do a masterclass is quite literally the definition of a trailblazer, (laughs) whatever you want. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'll take you, I'll take you, but you know, you know how I see things accomplishments again to me are just, uh, they're just kind of relics. Like I'm excited to have done this, but now it's, it's not necessarily what's next, but like what, are the lessons I could take from this to continue to move forward accordingly. Because, you know, one of the things I always keep in the back of my head or when I started in this game five, six, I guess now seven years ago, the people that were relevant then are nowhere to be seen now. So while I'm very glad to have done this and this masterclass is special, you know, I encourage everybody to check it out. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for cooking up, you know, kind of what's next. It was really interesting to hear you talk earlier about how much data was going into the building of this, how certain things were sent out to students to see how they were doing, um, to see how they were responding. What was that like? Because that's so interesting to me to to almost have to tailor something to that demographic. Do you think that like the masterclass, because in my mind, the masterclass demographic is like huge, like anybody could partake in it. But I'm curious to hear about about that. Yeah, masterclass is for everybody, which is great. But then one of the things that they constantly got was feedback that they wanted more stuff about like fitness and wellness. I, I always take things with a grain of salt. There are fallacies of the human condition. A lot of people don't know what it is exactly that they want until they get it. And I have trusted myself that I have relatively decent intuition to put my foot down sometimes and say, I know people will like this. One of those aspects being making sure that that, that kind of workouts in a workbook was included in this class in a way that would make sense for the students, which they didn't appreciate, and then making it more so about the process, less about, you know, the allure of Joe Holder and who he's trained and things like that. Like, at the end of the day, that that, that can inspire you, but it does nobody any good. Like, I, 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 want, you, I want you to be inspired uh, by yourself. But then it's always crazy when somebody, it was just anything somebody comes back and and judges your work you can't take offense to it like if they say all right i want something different and to an extent you have to ask yourself am i am i having a reaction a misreaction against this feedback because i think they're wrong or am i hurt and that's the thing that i've realized with a lot of people who i've worked with people get hurt by feedback don't get it has it's never it's not personal it's like do not get hurt by take it and see what you can improve with it so that's the thing that has been very interesting has always been 
especially as being a former athlete, your work is constantly critiqued. And then as somebody like who I am right now, it's understanding those different methods of critique. But then even when you get very good feedback on your work, still not becoming apathetic or indulged into good feedback. We'll be right back after a quick break. Before you leave the house, you always do that checklist. Phone, keys, wallet, mask. It's time to add one more thing before you walk out the door. Birdie is the newest essential addition to your routine. It's a personal safety alarm designed to be easy to carry and simple to use. Sometimes it's actually really hard to not worry about the what ifs in life, especially when it comes to our safety. So you need a birdie. When you activate your birdie with a quick pull, the alarm will emit a loud 130 decibel siren and flashing strobe light to help deter an attack. And by purchasing a birdie, you're also giving back. They donate 5% of all profits to its partner organizations that passionately support women's safety, shelter, and health. They donated about $50,000 last year across multiple organizations, like Alexandria House, a transitional residence that provides safe and supportive housing for women and children in the process of moving from emergency shelter to permanent housing. Right now, She's Birdie is offering our listeners 15% off your purchase when you go to she'sbirdie.com slash friend. Go to She's Birdie, spelled S-H-E-S-B-I-R-D-I-E dot com slash friend for 15% off your first purchase. That's she's birdie.com slash friend. As a parent, do you ever wish someone could just whisper some realistic and trustworthy support in your ear and not make you feel awful for not having all the answers? Well, that's what I'm here for. I'm Dr. Aliza Pressman, developmental psychologist, parent educator, clinical professor, and I'm a mom. My goal is to make your parenting journey less overwhelming and a lot more joyful. Please join me every Friday for new episodes of Raising Good Humans. I'm getting like really ahead of myself because I was just like interested in the data of Masterclass. But for people listening right now that maybe haven't watched your Masterclass yet and checked it out, what can they expect? You said there's a little bit of training, but what's going on within all the chapters? Yeah, I mean, it's I it's there are basically lectures in which I teach you a little bit into how I got to my philosophy, a little bit of background about myself. We talk about mental models, basically thought processes that can make things a little bit easier. We definitely talk about food and nutrition kind of hacks, but not so much hacks, just really jump starts and understanding kind of different components of eating and how that can impact you. Um, and then we definitely have workouts. So we have three different work. We have different workout silos, so like high intensity mobility and, and typically some cardio conditioning stuff give you a four-week training program, but it really just dives into some of the basic foundational knowledge that you should know. I, I don't get so nitty-gritty where it becomes overwhelming, but, you know, we're not talking about, like, ketone body pathways or anything like that, but situations where, all right, let me give you a base foundational knowledge that if you leave right now, it'll jumpstart your ability to go and dive a little bit deeper, but if this is all that you want, you'll still find benefit to it. And that's, you know, I'm like, your, uh, like I've always said, I'm your favorite high school teacher. I'm not, I'm trying to inspire you by giving you some empirical knowledge. I'm not trying to overwhelm you like, you know, a college uh, professor or postgrad, nor am I trying to really coddle you like an elementary school teacher. So um, I think we just all need a little bit of jump start into, uh, I'm trying to get you through the, you know, your high school wellness education. In there, you, there was a chapter where you talked about eight core components and- yeah. I've heard you talk about them before, but I thought they were super interesting in this context because of the fact that your masterclass was such a holistic lens that was not just about working out. There were so many other things that are part of our everyday life that help our general wellness. Can you walk us through those eight components? Yeah. So, I mean, anybody who's kind of known me, I guess, but for those who maybe hear me for the first time, the ultra system basically 
uh, means one can help others, others can help one, and then there's eight core components associated with it. And then also moving forward, just because it'll make a lot more sense for you to put these into place, like I'm just going to start giving like eight easy tips, eight easy steps, simple things like that around certain areas that will help you a lot. But what we really talk about in the class are, you know, it's, uh, phys- it's physical. So uh, physical includes movement, but also nutrition, basically what you're doing to your body, uh, mental, uh, emotional, and there's also spiritual, financial, um, occupational, environmental, and intellectual. So all of these push those uh, limits a, a little bit slightly, and all those lead to our well-being. For some people, and maybe others, maybe intellectual pursuits are super important. Like for me, I, I get off on intellectual pursuits. Uh, occupational aspects are super key to my well-being, so w- what work I'm doing. The physical is important, but to me, that's just foundational. Um, but then I want you to dive into other areas that might be important. Financial health is just as important in the strategies for that. And at the end of the day, I think that's the next evolution that everything will be taking. So, you know, you know, the Wall Street bets has probably raised financial wellness strategies uh, into the zeitgeist higher than anything previous. But uh, I just want people to understand, I, I'll be the first one to say working out is not the most important thing. It is a catalyst, but I want people to break out of the thought that fitness and wellness really is only part of the physical realm, whether that be movement or nutrition, there is, it also depends on how you, how you view the world, uh, the environment in which you're in, the relationships that you have, all that stuff. So we, we dive a little bit deeper into the class and I'm glad, uh, you know, that people are kind of introducing philosophy in a more systematic way. But yeah, I'll be the first to say, you know, like my well-being has totally changed, at least in the short term as my body adapts because I went from a tropical island to snow. Um, so it's just like thinking of the other things that might impact the way in which we interact with the world, I think is very key. And then helping individuals create the wellness strategies that work best for them. And I think routine, especially when everything around you seems so out of control, I think routine is actually very beneficial. Huge. We talked about this, I think on an episode last year, we talked about routine being like the the lifesaver of 2020 for me. Yeah. I mean, I think it could definitely help you get you out of those days. Uh, in which you're you're caught in a rut and help right. you remember and then connect those back hopefully to some better times that you had doing those same activities. I always find that routine helps you begin to understand yourself better. Like the more you kind of do something every day at a similar time, the more you begin to have like the space and room to just kind of like learn something new about yourself because it's something that is, you're not leaving a lot of room for like the unexpected. I feel like I can kind of like sit in my thoughts a little bit more and actually hear my own thoughts in routine. Yeah, that's fascinating because you are that way. Sometimes you don't like being alone with your thoughts, which which really yeah. means like you feel a little bit separated from yourself and you're trying to combat those two things. I'm kind of the other way. So my issue is, and this is why every everything is different for everyone, but every, everybody can connect to some same foundational kind of patterns, I suppose. Uh, but basically with me, my thing is routine helps me get out of my head. So I don't want to be connected to my thoughts. I want to be more so connected with my body and the outside world because I spend so much time with my thoughts and a lot of my work depends on my thoughts. And then it becomes a situation where I just want to be connected with just being and just the action of the world. Like, uh, you know, so even different meditation practices, I've been doing more open monitoring meditation, which has helped with that. And just, yeah, I just want to get connected to the world, world around me. And sometimes it's actually good for me not to be beholden to to so many of my thoughts. But I think that's why this class is so successful in my mind, because it does 
target all of these different moments in your everyday that are not, again, not just about working out. Like my favorite chapter was when you were in the kitchen and it was a big display of like really beautiful food. And you were talking about how you actually hate the term clean eating and how it's, it feels like another one of those things that's just been like totally stereotyped the same way that like the Barry's boot camp image of like something that looks like really aggressive and like scary um, or like a bright yoga space. Can you talk a little bit about that portion and why it was important for you to get that message across of, of balance in the way that we eat? Yeah. And connecting back again to what's good for you. And also, of course, what might be good for the rest of the world. But you know me, you know, clean eating doesn't make sense. It's like, what does that, like, what does that even mean? Like, where do you draw the line? Like, what, what food is clean versus what food is dirty? And then we just try to con- put so much stigmatism on certain aspects of food. So my first thing is just understanding the difference between food versus food stuff. Food stuff, of course, all right, we know that's not clean. We know like Velveeta cheese, you can't call it clean. It's not real, right? Wow, so we like, just went for Velveeta. That's crazy. <laughs> the Velveeta, deep state Velveeta gonna come for me. But, they are. Um, it's just a situation where I'm like, let's not think about things that are clean. Let's just think about the properties of food. Let's throw away the judgment surrounding food so that we could have more honest conversations about food because you could get so deep into it where you could be like, how oh, we could be to talk about the, the carbohydrate insulin hypothesis of obesity and then we should never consume carbohydrates at all because it triggers a lack of satiation and then your insulin goes up and then your blood sugar, da da da. And you're and I'm getting anxiety. Like, yeah, most people are like what? Like you know, oh, no, that means every carbohydrate you possibly eat is bad. Or you have people that are like fiber is actually not good for you. It actually creates more issues within your digestive system. Like, all right, hold up, wait a minute. Let's look at food in totality. Let's throw out the concept of clean. Let's throw out you know nutrition, nutritional absolutism. I like to say, and let's just approach food. Let's just see these foods. Let's understand it, and let's under get connected back to the aspects of. Of, of eating as they may be, but release so much, so much judgment. So we can enjoy some things that might not be so as good for us, but in terms of long-term health, we'll have no drawbacks. And then we could consume things where in the short term, they might not be, you know, absolutely delicious, but we'll still have benefits for us both in, you know, short, medium and long-term. So just taking a real approach to food, you know, because yeah, there's so much we know. There's also so much we don't know. So to say to never eat meat, to say to only eat vegetables, to say to only eat meat and do that, it's just most people get no benefit of that. I mean, you went on masterclass and said you eat a cookie, and I beg to differ. <laughs> you see me eat cookies. I honestly do not remember the last time I saw you eat a cookie. I probably would have filmed it. I'll never forget the first time I watched you eat cake. I was like, this when did is I eat an cake? enigma. I think we were at someone's birthday, like maybe five years ago somewhere and I watched you eat cake and I was like I'm witnessing <laughs> like the seventh wonder of the world eighth wonder whatever I remember I was in shock. guys so I'm even surprised whoa um, so, good to know he's a pie yeah, like guy a, what kind like of pie? Apple, pie. Apple, apple pie wow. happy birthday of apple pie okay good to know your birthday is coming up so send apple pie to wherever you are in the world old man I'm curious to know what your favorite part was uh of filming i mean me and ison was sick my thing is work is work i i appreciate that he gets no joy get from work <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciate what work gets me you know i'm able to be in right. iceland i'm able to spend time with my brother my favorite time of the project was spending time with my brother um 
growing closer to him, discussing things both relevant to the class because he is featured in the class as well as um, just understanding him more as a person. So, you know, I always remember, of course, you know, being on set and filming it, but I always remember the two weeks, plus weeks I got to spend with my big brother in Iceland for work and for a situation that was the fruit. Those are the fruits of the labor, you know, have a few days there putting in hard work or more than a few days, but that was my favorite part of being able to spend time with my big brother. I love that. That just made me smile. My favorite part besides the food part, which I just talked about was those football videos and photos of you made me, I almost collapsed. <laughs> you guys, if you have not seen it yet, you need to go watch it just for the sake of watching this hysterical, but like kind of cute video of Joe in I think it looks like you're in a locker room you're wearing your full football outfit you're talking <laughs> and I almost I almost collapsed <laughs> play like a champion you Ben Quakers stand up Ivy League champs that's what he said that's what it is <laughs> it's great you get to see like it, all the photos that you included in there of your family and you growing up I think were just so much fun and then pairing that with also, the beauty of you going around Iceland at the same time was awesome. I loved it. This is obviously a, a massive new audience that you are now getting to work with, which is so cool and so exciting. But I'm curious to hear what you want that key takeaway to be for this new audience who might just be getting to know you on the masterclass stage. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think everybody, when, you know, especially when the camera's on, I'm definitely warm. I'm just the approachable kind of guy that you you who talks to you about something that you might not like the most, but you can't help but take a little bit more of an interest. Um, so I just want people on that masterclass stage to to know that it's worth it, to know that it's okay to take care of yourself in a way that isn't overindulgent or so difficult. And it can ebb and flow, but there are just consistent practices that perhaps you should always have for best results. I'm not telling you you can never watch TV at light at night because of blue lights interference with your circadian rhythms, but I'll let you know that, you know, maybe it's, it's probably good to have a bedtime routine in which you go to bed and wake up similarly at the same day and that it's okay to figure out what works for you, what works for you. It's okay to not completely know. And I want the masterclass audience to kind of break out of the apathy that's associated with kind of middle-class living. We don't, we're safe, but we don't do uncomfortable things. We don't push ourselves a little bit more. We don't hold others, we don't hold people accountable should be and one of the things that you know i hint at in the class is you know the social impact the social impact implications of taking care of yourself and then how that could how then you could you know should do things for other individuals so that's really why i want to get people to take away it's like i don't claim to be a guru i just claim to be a headmaster that go to curate some things that can make it a little bit better and then i'm inviting you to create your own school of professors of teachers of classmates of whatever on your own personal journey towards wellness and health, however deep you want to go. So I just want the people who watch the class, you know, of course, know a little bit more about me, but the first time being introduced to me to understand that this is about them and this is about tearing down some of the uh, facades of daily existence and to figure out something that, that works for you. So hopefully you can find a little bit more joy, which is always a stem from. I was unhappy in college and I still deal with aspects of being unhappy now. And really all this is, it's not just me, you know, of course, a better journey towards happiness, but understanding that my wellness is connected towards my joy. And if I could improve my health through these wellness strategies, I think that will go a long way. And I think there are a lot more people out there that are struggling than what I like to admit, whether they look like they're in good health or not. And I want 
people to understand that it is okay to need help and that there are ways to go about it and taking control of your physical health is that first step. I'm not crying. <laughs> I'm really proud, honestly. It's, it was such a joy to watch and I really am so proud of you and I'm so excited for everybody to, to finally get to see what I've got to, gotten to see for a really long time. Sneak peeks for the fam only. So what else is new? I guess we didn't talk about this when I was in Arizona, but I really went out. Of course, I shot the GQ column out there, but I really wanted out there to want to improve my sleep. So I had not been sleeping well for a couple months, which was probably combined with a few different components. But one of the things that I, that I understood, especially being in Arizona, was the impact of light pollution. So the concept of sleep for the next couple of months is really just what I want to be talking about. Like, first off, what is it? Why do we do this? What does it impact? How simple ways you can improve it? Um, it definitely changes everything how you feel when you're awake too but there's just so much out there about it that uh, it becomes a little bit overwhelming but yeah i mean the biggest thing when i was in arizona and really trying to learn this was the fact that my body just naturally connected to the circadian rhythms to the to the natural ebb and flow of daylight and nighttime and i was and i was getting so tired after the sun would set and i'm like what is wrong with me and then i finally realized like this is just completely natural like you're getting up early and going to sleep and you're getting tired because of what's occurring with the sun, which is going down. And basically, I think my melatonin production finally got back to where it needs to be naturally. And I noticed I was getting more REM and, and slow wave sleep. And when I came back to New York, uh, I, real, I realized how much the, all the light that was here was throwing me off, especially at night. Yeah, totally. It's so crazy. But I was just doing more research into it. and. Um, the sleep column for GQ is really just kind of that first step, like talking about that aspect of sunlight, why it's so important over the next month, a month and a half, has some some good things lined up, you know, getting in touch with, with some interesting neuroscientists and sleep specialists and rest specialists to hold some discussions with them about, you know, the difference between rest and sleep, how light impacts it, all this stuff. But it's so crazy that we spend so much time thinking about our waking hours. It's like pretty odd to not question or to not accept that perhaps our sleeping hours are just as important and what is going on while we sleep, but also what we do when we're awake that will impact our sleep and vice versa. It's like everybody wants to know how to better perform when sleep really is that natural performance enhancer and everything, you know? If you don't sleep enough in men, testosterone is depleted, libido is depleted. And you know me, I can't have my libido depleted. Don't do this now. Don't do this now. We're having a great episode. Don't do this now. I'm keeping this in. <laughs> but anyway, all, all jokes aside, it's, there's so, it's something that's so foundational, food, water, air, and sleep. And those are the three or four things in your life you can't go without. So kind of delving into the, to the mystery of sleep is something that I'm looking forward to doing this next month and month and a half. Have you been having really vivid dreams in COVID? Yeah, I've been having some crazy dreams. <laughs> I had a dream the other day that I couldn't shake for like three days. You couldn't, so vivid. Oh, you couldn't shake. I was like, what you I mean? couldn't shake it. What was the like, dream? Like it was, I'm not talking what about did? it. <laughs> <laughs> it was so weird. It was so bizarre, but it was like very vivid. And I'm, I've never really been a vivid dreamer. Like I'm not really someone that could like get in it, like remember in the morning. I just think yeah. maybe because we're not being, it's either we're not being stimulated enough by things or I'm like literally glued to my laptop, my TV, my phone all day, every day that like. Have you been writing down your dreams? No, do I have to? <laughs> well, there is a there is a theory of like 
analytical, I think, psychoanalysis started by Carl Jung, who's one of the fathers of the shit, which basically really, really looks at the impact of dreams and perhaps that's whatever your subconscious trying to talk to you in a specific way. And if you pay a little bit more attention to your dreams, there's a theory perhaps that your subconscious gets a little bit softer and treats your 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 conscious self a little bit more kind. And basically, perhaps whether you want to accept it or not, whether you think there's symbolism or not, perhaps just understanding that these these vivid kind of movies in your head might mean something or but at, or at least pay a little bit of attention to them. So it's kind of odd that we don't, you know, place a little bit more emphasis on our dreams when it's some when something is happening with on uh, with our brain that might uh be trying to tell us something. That's so interesting to think about. I actually have never thought about the fact that like those 8 hours are probably telling us so much about like where our heads at and like should also be equally as analyzed as like a work day would be. Yeah. This is crazy. And there's only I'm like, I'm not saying you got to go to sleep with all the wearables and shit like that. But right. Perhaps there is some specificity or credence or whatever that we should provide to our sleeping hours in the same way that if something like that happened during our waking hours, which was naturally occurred during our waking hours. But if we felt some type of way while we're awake or whatever, we don't just ignore that. But unfortunately, I guess more of us do. We we ignore how we feel it's too much. And so that makes even, I guess, dream analysis even harder. We haven't spoken since the new year. And I know that obviously sleep is something that you're focusing on this year. But what else are you interested in? I feel like we always talk about this on your last episodes that like you're always fixated on something and interested in like divulging it and, and discovering something new. What else is on your plate right now? I mean, financial health for sure. Uh, financial health has always been big for me because... I don't want to work my whole life. Like, I don't want to waste my youth working. I don't want to waste my middle age working. I want to, you know, any, everybody who knows me, I, I want to retire by 40, 45 at the latest. It's I not, hate when he says this. this you is guys not know I hate docket. when he says this. <laughs> I mean, I can't do it, yo. Like, I, I, I don't know why. I, I just, I don't, I, I get that some people find the joy in kind of this, life setup that's been provided maybe they just feel more comfortable with the routine in that sense but you know i i felt very comfortable and came in and you know of course big love to palm heights but just the ability to uh spend time like discovering myself so that's one of my big goals for this year because i just feel like i didn't have a childhood like just to be honest and i think that's something that i'm like ser- searching for a little bit uh and i think the teenage years of my adulthood you know as i'm in in my 30s a little bit more financially stable have some more time all that stuff i don't want to waste it just simply working so basically you know my goal this year is again to find a therapist i want to find a buddhist therapist that's on the list that's continuing with my financial health discovering things that no longer i think my 20s were about discovering things that didn't bring me distress so now i want to find things that truly bring me joy and then just really working on my craft. Now I can wake up a little bit more and decide what it is that I want to do and what right. I want. And, you know, now it's really building, building that out. But the other thing is also just living life. Like, I just want to get up sometimes and not just think I have to do work, work, work. because That's often all that I have to do and go to a museum, try a hobby, go play with some clay. Like, just Oof, it's just hit hard. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> what are your goals? What are your goals this year? What are you thinking of? Not even this year. What are your goals in the next three months? I know we've been talking about this, like shortening the goals down, 
to things that feel a bit more tangible. There was something, I'm, this is like a side note, I talked about it in my solo episode, but there's something that I did on New Year's Eve and day that was so almost like therapeutic in terms of thinking of goals. The night of New Year's, I wrote down all the things that I accomplished in 2020, like big, small, wow. like we're talking about like, like, oh, I got into a fight with my friend. That was really bad, but we resolved it to, you know, going weekly on the podcast, like huge spectrum. Um, it was a long list. It was really fun. It was a great practice, though, of thinking of like, I think categorically we had an interesting year last year, but it was a great practice yeah. of like being able to co- find the positives and things of like things you actually did accomplish. And then New Year's Day, I started to write th- down things a bit broader, nothing too specific this year that I wanted to accomplish. But I'm thinking of starting to do that like on a monthly basis, because I think we can get so caught up in like the day to day of things that like we forget to celebrate like the wins and we forget to like think about the things that we want to large scale want to accomplish in a month. I totally hear that. I I think that's a great way to look at it is, you know, breaking it down into the smaller benchmark moments. On a personal level, I mean, I got a puppy last week, so I would say keeping my sanity in that in the next month or so is probably up there on the list. It's I know this might sound like weird, but a big part of in me wanting to get the puppy was actually to like take time to detach from like the really stressful work routine that I feel like we've all gotten into during COVID where like I get on my laptop first thing in the morning and then I like don't get off of it till at night till like late at night. Like with this puppy, I'm kind of forced to like take time to play with him and like go on a walk with him and get outside and like actually take a minute during my day. So that's been really nice. It's been a little stressful, but I think in that, that's something I'm excited to just keep doing over the next two months is like take these moments out of my day that are for me, because I think I've talked about it a lot. I'm really bad at that. Yeah, yeah. you are. But at least, you're, about setting, it. <laughs> at least you're setting up a, a, a talisman of sorts to, to drag you out of the, the ether. My poor dog. Such a, such a burden on him right now. My poor dog. Cute dog, though. Thank you. He's a mini Australian shepherd. His name is Bodie. He's been great, a little stressful, but it's been a, a really fun thing to have so far. I'm really, really so excited to have him. And he didn't bark once during this episode, guys. So moving yeah, forward, fear barks, fear barks, bear with me. But yeah, those are my goals. I, this year, I, honestly, my goal is to actually sit down and set monthly goals. Like that's, Facts. Well, that's where I'm at right now. Second. Did you do it? Yeah. No, let's, see, let's make right. that a goal for today. The goal yeah. for today is to set our goal. Yeah, it's it's good. I feel I genuinely feel last year that like time was, as Joe likes to say, time is a social construct. We <laughs> felt that way last year where I was just like in this like haze of life. So, yeah, I'm excited to keep doing that. Where can people find your masterclass? Uh, you can find a masterclass on masterclass.com backslash Joe Holder. But check it out. We're definitely just providing uh, as much, hopefully, condensed knowledge this year in as many ways as possible. Working on some other different projects. Going to start hosting a weekly clubhouse too, just because people pull up, talk shit. But yeah, it's live on Masterclass. Check it out. Honestly, it's a super uh, affordable, relatively for the year. It's under $150, I believe. And uh, working on a, f- a few different projects to, to to get masterclass passes to individuals who might not be able to, to afford it in certain zones within the country. So I'm definitely awesome. working on interesting social impact stuff, but 
for now. If you can, check it out. But yeah, that's the goal. Uh, get it as many places as you can, then go deep on the areas that respond well to it and keep it moving. You know, time's only going to pass, as they say. So uh, do what you can now and keep building for the later. Um, again, super proud of you. Guys, if you haven't checked it out yet, go to masterclass.com. I'm sure you'll see it all over Instagram. I hope I get a thousand targeted ads for Joe Holder's <laughs> new masterclass like I do for all the other masterclasses. I'm like, so excited shit. about this. They know. They they know how to target ads. I'll say that. I am so excited. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Friend of a Friend. Before you go, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and at tiermedia.com. And for more behind the scenes of the show, visit us at friendofafriend.us and follow me at Liv Perez on Instagram. Don't forget the two Vs. See you next week.